welcome back, everyone, to another episode of This Is CX, our West Monroe Partners Customer Experience Podcast. I'm Mike Manfredo. And this is Paul Hagen. Hey, Paul, how are you doing today? Excellent, excellent. Great to talk to you, Mike. As always, appreciate the time. Wanted to, to talk a little bit today uh, about designing employee experiences and bringing some of our customer experience focus to the, to the internal customers, so to speak. Uh, a couple of podcast episodes ago, we talked and, and introduced the concept of an employee experience. And I think what we wanted to do today was kind of deep dive into some examples of how, how we've made that real uh, with our clients. Um, and with that, we, we actually uh, will be joined today by Alex Fucre-Steins, a manager in our customer experience practice who actually uh, was integral in, in being able to to help deliver these new employee experiences uh, through some uh, technology work that, that we did. With that, you know, Paul, if you could just kind of uh, remind us, what do we mean when we're talking about employee experience? Um, why is it important to customer experience? So, you know, we define employee experience as the perceptions your employees have when they engage with your organization. So there's lots and lots of different ways, the tools that they use, the recruit, you know, from there's an entire life cycle from when they're recruited through when they leave the, the company through performance reviews and, and life events and so forth. Um, so there are lots, of, lots and lots of different kinds of things. It's important because... Uh, your employees and how well they're, they're how good their experience is, how how well well they're enabled, how uh, engaged they are. You know what we call E three the experience, the engagement, the 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 enablement. Um, those all have impacts on how well a company delivers customer experience. Um, there's financial benefits. You know, reduced employee churn. Um, leads to, um, you know, lower costs. It leads to, you know, employees who are better able to serve customers. And there's, you know, there's just kind of a, a virtuous circle uh, that Bruce Temkin has talked about um, that's quite compelling. So it's important, um, you know, and, and as we look at it, um, a company can start at, at any number of places. It, they couldn't look at look at employee experiences through the life cycle and design an onboarding experience, for example. At other times, uh, an empl- uh, a company could look at engagement saying, look, we just need to, you know, our, our, our morale is low. Uh, um, we're changing our, our strategy. We need to engage customers. Um, or it could come at, uh, uh, I'm sorry, our, engage our employees. Um, or it could come at, Gosh, we've got to give our employees better tools, Microsoft 360, or a better collaboration environment, you know, through SharePoint, or, um, or or Slack, or something like that, or better CRM uh, to manage customers. So it could come at a digital enablement um, type of place, but you know, our perspective is that regardless of what you're trying to do to help or engage uh, uh, employees, it's got to weave in a human-centered design perspective, um, that there's a way of intentionally designing the, the employee experience around whatever that is. There has to be an engagement piece and a change management piece that if you're not really thinking about the hearts and the minds of employees when you're doing it, um, you're going to miss the boat you know, and give them a reason for, for, for changing. Um, and then finally, re- again, regardless, technology and 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 the digital workplace is 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 imperative. There's there's very little that we do in the, in the course of our day that uh, there isn't some sort of technology for better or worse 
uh, either helping uh, uh, us out as employees or, or getting in our way and holding us back. So we see this this notion of the experience, the engagement, and the enablement, you know, woven together, and and increasingly in our work, that's that's what we're bringing to to bear. So uh, before we bring Alex on, uh, what we wanted to kind of set up the conversation around one of the uh, one of these engagements that that we worked with our client and the recognition that um, this client received kind of based on the way that they were improving their employees and members experience. So I wanted to, to have you talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so Alex was involved with this uh, uh, and it was with the, the AMA, the uh, American Medical Association. Um, and, and we won an award uh, as one of the top 10 uh, in, best internet intranets in the world from Nielsen Norman Group. Um, and for, for any of those who don't know Nielsen Norman, uh, these these guys are, are 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 as as top as you get. Um, Don Norman is probably the grandfather of all you know uh, customer uh, human centered design design thinking as we know it. Uh, his book, The Design of Everyday Things, was probably one of the most influential first books that I I, I read getting into the this whole space. So um, they've been around from the product design world through the web design world through the you know more broadly digital and UX world. Um, just great thinkers in this. So we were super super excited when they uh, recognized the work that we did uh, and and that Alex led. So I'm I'm very very I was I was thrilled to death. I'm not always thrilled to death about awards that we win, but this is uh, this was this was pretty meaningful. And with that, let's welcome Alex onto the podcast. Uh, Alex, uh, appreciate you joining us today. And why don't you just uh, give our listeners uh, a quick introduction uh, to you, and then we'll get into talking about uh, your work specifically with AMA. Yeah. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. Um, so yeah, my uh, background here, I've been at West Monroe for about seven years and have done a lot of different types of projects in different industries. Um, but I've really gotten to be kind of a user experience lead and focus a lot on the product management um, and dabble in the technology and change management, how we're going to roll out new technologies to our clients and make sure that it's successful, that people adopt it, um, you know, and that we're very ha- our clients are very happy at the end of the day. So let's talk a little bit about this, uh, this new member intranet um, as a way to, well, and, and let me ask you this. You know what? What really was AMA attempting to do, and and why were they doing it? Um, focusing on this this intranet. Yeah. So a couple of years ago, when we started the work on this project, um, we've been doing a lot of work with uh, American Medical Association. So it was actually a really um, great opportunity to get involved in kind of one of their core internal systems. Right. Every uh, company probably has an intranet. Um, the health and quality of it, right, probably depend on how recently they've made an investment into it. So when AMA started, you know, they knew their old uh, intranet was really outdated, had a lot of problems with um, ownership of content, things being up to date, just general UX problems with with the navigation and search not working, right? So um, employees did not rely on using it most days. And so what happened is a lot of other um, conversations had to be, you know, done through phone or um, paper, things like that, you know, not a lot of self-service. So when they decided to engage with us, what they were really trying to do at their core for their new digital workplace was to increase their employee engagement and satisfaction. So definitely taking you know time to use this as this is a core um, piece of technology, right? That people are going to probably open every day when they get to work. And we want to make sure that that's kind of the, the starting point 
um, for their workday. And then really then second to serve as kind of that information gateway. So we hear this term a lot at different clients, right? Kind of the jump off point into the different things you need to do. Um, I like to use the analogy of it's like walking in the front door of the building. And then they wanted to make sure that because these are digital tools and they wanted to reduce, you know, a lot of the offline conversations or, you know, old paper forms, they wanted to really promote self-service. So whether this was, um, you know, making more up-to-date content being available, things like having people's names and contact information there um, so that they can get their questions answered and then to help also connect employees, right? So a lot of the expertise, um, they have about a thousand employees, mostly headquartered in their Chicago office, but um, they wanted to make sure that people were able to connect and understand the expertise of others and uh, you know, develop new solutions and bring new strategic ideas for their, uh, their member group. So from, from a value standpoint, if you, were, if you were to kind of think about it from what value were, were they looking to deliver, um, what would you say they, they were ultimately looking to do coming from uh, in terms of you know, improving the overall employee experience, but it seems like efficiency of being able to find the information that they needed. What else would you say was, was uh, maybe a, a big driver in, in improving the experience or, or challenges that they were having that day? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think some of the, just the general stats, I mean, they had their old intranet, about only 4% of employees would even use it on a daily basis, right? So having any technology out there, and that's, you know, what the adoption percentage is very low. So they wanted to drive that up so that they could at least um, begin to help connect a lot of the different um, people and tools that are available, right? So if you think of the intranet or the digital workplace is kind of the table of contents. Well, if nobody can find anything there, um, they're not going to get to maybe things that are on other pages that are great. Um, so first focusing kind of just getting people to adopt it, that required kind of making a better, you know, homepage and experience that felt more modern. So people thought, oh, this is obviously a big, you know, investment in technology. This is interesting. This kind of fits with the brand of what I think of when I um, think of the AMA. And then getting into some of the more tactical things right around what are the, what's the value? I mean, they wanted to definitely uh, reduce the you know calls that were coming into their IT support center um, and drive people to more to like their forms that they need to fill out or you know Wi-Fi requests and access to systems. Um, and then same thing for HR, right? So we typically see this a lot with our clients where um, enabling that self service is really important because they have a lot of tools, right, to help kind of automate these flows. Alex, I'm smiling because I'm imagining any number of our listeners uh, thinking about and reflecting about their experience with their own intranet and uh, and the productivity loss and uh, amount of time wasted just trying to find stuff and get stuff done. Yeah, I mean, it, we hear that all the time. And I think what is especially telling and from what I've seen in a number of these projects lately is they're usually wrapped up into some larger strategic initiative, right? So Putting a new investment in the internet comes, um, you know, maybe with an enterprise digital strategy, which is what we saw at AMA. So what does that mean for employees? Well, they just saw a great new website rolled out for the rest of the world. So I think when you're an employee and then you see, okay, what's internally here for us? And if there's a large disconnect between those two things, I kind of think that would, you know, hurt your morale of how your employee workforce feels about, okay, what are the things they give us to make us more productive, right? Versus what the external world sees. Yeah, I mean, and that's, you know, so much of what we see around the employee stuff is all around, you know, expectations of employees, almost the consumerization of, of employee expectations. We, you know, why is it that, we, you know, it's so much easier to work at, a, you know, do, do basic tasks on Amazon or, a, you know, that my bank and I can't, you know, I can't do that. You know, it's like jumping through hoops and pulling teeth with the, the old technology we've got internally. 
Yeah, your your point um, from the last podcast was great around how, right, just the technology that everybody is used to now is really leading the expectations from user experience out of how things should work, right? Mm-hmm. So search is the number one thing, right? So many people, when they're going to go to their internet, they might take time to understand the navigation and try to look at where the org and how to find something. But a lot of people are just going to go right to that search bar, right? And they expect that it's going to work at a Google level and don't understand technically why it can't, right? So we spend a lot of time trying to say, okay, this is going to be a big feature that we've got to work on. What, hey, guess what? It's not a magical silver bullet. There's a lot of work in terms of the content and organization and things that we need to do as a project team to make sure that when people type in um, procurement, right, versus strategic sourcing, that they find what they want, even if their word was a little bit different. Yeah, Alex. So talk about talk about your approach. Then, how did you know? A lot of companies put in inter- intranets, and you know, lots of companies are putting in you know Microsoft three hundred and sixty or other productivity tools. How did you guys do it? You know, what was what was what was you know what were the steps that you took to not just implement the technology, but to 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 really make it work for employees. Yeah, I think with any um, technology you can do, especially an internet, core thing you want to do up front, right? We had, they defined strategic objectives right early on. So it's kind of four I listed. Um, they're very disciplined in terms of having those, which I think is huge because that's kind of where you're launching off of. So even all your conversations you're going to have with employees are kind of based around those things. So you know what kind of direction to move towards. Um, so we did um, workshops with employees. We were sitting down face to face, you know, asking them questions, doing back and forth, very uh, collaborative, as well as kind of doing like a broader survey. So they had about a thousand employees. So they were fine with sending out kind of a um, all company survey to say, let's get some general. OK, what are you using today? Where's your baseline of satisfaction? What do you think you would want to see in the future? And then we would even we do things typically where we take here's features or things that we know are going to be important. Maybe try to help us prioritize them for a a future backlog. Um, but I would say one of the things that we've done lately, which um, has been very helpful, and I think especially in these one-on-one or workshops, um, are what we call the placemats. So what we basically do is, you know, kind of like when you're sitting down at Bob Evans as a kid, right? You've got your giant piece of paper in front of you, and it's got a lot of the questions and things that we're going to go over that day. Um, so it gives kind of the participants something to write on. They might be one of the kind of person's not very loud or someone might be dominating more of the workshops. They want to write down some ideas. Um, It can be fun stuff like ranking things, circling stuff, right? Writing in some things. And at the end of the session, we've got a lot of um, qualitative and quantitative data that they're leaving with us so that we're not reliant on that one hour, two hours with them, that we have to hear everything and make sure we logged it. We have um, a lot of data, which especially helps for capturing numbers. So we do a lot of that. So to you kind of collect, help. yeah, you collect those. You collect those placemats. So people are doodling and writing their their thoughts and stuff, and then you collect those at the end and 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 gather all of the information off of those. Yeah, exactly. So they're kind of they're usually about maybe ten different areas on them. So we kind of let them go. We kind of guide them through, and you know maybe three of the questions are current state and six to seven are future state, right? So we kind of guide them through that. But then at the end, we, we encourage them to leave them so that we can um, kind of capture all that. And those really help inform then, right, our personas, which are key to kind of moving forward and saying, okay, of the objectives, here are the personas and things that we're hearing. Here's how they might align and start to develop even some of those features or enablement, things that we need to do to make this engaging for them. So I think it's interesting. Uh, you mentioned personas. So just to clarify, the personas are for the employees and the users themselves, not necessarily customer employees or customer personas, correct? Exactly. Yeah. So we'll, we'll maybe do about three to four employee personas usually for these, um, depending on the workforce, right? I, I think that's great because I feel like, and, and uh, just in my background, uh, having implemented technology 
uh, specifically CRM in, in the past. You know, I, I think when you do these internal uh, internal implementations, you, you, I, if you don't take the time to kind of put the users at the center of what you're really doing, you end up generalizing and you, you got a system that doesn't really work for anyone. Um, but if you, if you take the time to really understand, at least by groups of individuals, what really their, uh, you know, not just the, the goals or the needs of what they need, but truly, you know, how they engage, what they're looking for f- from their perspective and really empathizing with those individuals on what they do on a daily basis. Um, I think that's what really helps set the foundation to make sure that you're delivering something that ultimately is usable. Yeah. Absolutely. Hey, Alex, I'm curious on the the personas. You've got three to four. How did you narrow to three or four? Because I can imagine within companies, there are dozens of different kinds of employees. And did you have pressure to to do more personas than that, given, you know, people's various different roles. Yeah, there's always a lot of um, right questions about how you're going to actually segment. So kind of the, the guiding principle that I found helpful for at least for these digital workplaces is to not get focused on so much of the different, um, I'm trying to think of it, but like, for example, when we work with a major utility, there are actually two utilities. So they said, well, shouldn't we have one persona for this utility and one persona for that utility. And I said, not necessarily, because I think what we're looking for is really what, how do the uh, employees engage with this system and what what makes their um, needs and their interactions unique. And let's try to focus on that to develop the persona. So we don't have to worry about how they necessarily think about their organization. Oh, we have a group of salespeople. We have a group of operations people and we have a right and we have shared services. So this is how we want to align our personas. Cause in reality, um, the shared services person and the, um, salesperson might be doing a lot of the same things in the internet. So we try, definitely try to look at jobs to be done kind of things. Yeah. Okay. Oh, great. Great. Did you do jobs to be done in, uh, it for, for the personas? Then? Yeah. So what, what we think is a huge part coming out of that, right. Is being able to explain, especially to the project team, right. Leadership, like here are the key things that these personas are trying to accomplish and making sure that those, um, jobs to be done get translated into user stories and we use them in testing and keep bringing it back, right? Because that's ultimately when we um, roll this out to employees and want to survey them later on how they thought, you know, how they think it went. We want to be able to look back to those core things, those core jobs to be done that they're doing and say, is this better, right? And just make it very simple for them to say, yep, you've taken this, you know, um, IT ticketing process or, you know, just simply finding an org chart and definitely made it better, right? Hey Alex, can you explain to our audience what's what is a what's a jobs to be done and how does that differ from a user story? So in the way that we were kind of um, the user story is a bit more tactical, right? In terms of something very specific, J- jobs to be done is um, what you might think of as like a scenario for us where we try to look at um, what is something larger, right? So maybe you have a new employee. Um, that's starting and kind of their job to be done is to understand um, about their own business unit or department they're in. Um, so, you know, they have their goals of, all right, I need to learn who the leadership are. I need to learn some of our key messaging. Who are, who's our HR business partner, things like that. So we might kind of wrap that into one larger job to be done. And then user stories would fall off of what specific pieces of content or features we need to kind of make that happen. Right. So that we can kind of dissect a job to be done um, down into a smaller, smaller granularity. Okay, so jobs to be done, you're doing at a higher level, and then you may have many user stories that are associated with uh, with the jobs to be done. Correct. And for our, for our audience, if you ever want to learn more about jobs to be done, Clayton Christensen was 
probably the first person who came up with that term. Um, and there's a couple of really, really great talks that he gives about what customer jobs to be done uh, are, or in this case, employee jobs to be done. So go ahead, uh, uh, tell us more. So from the personas and the user stories, what did you guys do next? Yeah, so once we kind of understood, here's the things you know that they're going to want, we kind of looked at, okay, what are some major priorities that they all have that are similar? We wanted to jump into design. Um, with the team and kind of start showing them some different um, prototypes, right? Initial kind of layouts of, okay, here's what we think the new homepage looks like. Here's how we think the navigation is going to work. What does the search experience look like? How do these things kind of, how do we simplify this navigation? Because a lot of what you'll find, especially with um, digital workplaces, is they've really grown organically or kind of, you know, as a mess for a long time. So the navigation is like different from site to site and stuff like that. So we work on guiding principles. Let's try to simplify this, make this feel like as simple as you've made your public facing website, right? Let's try to do that for employees um, and we can scale that up. So we'll start getting into prototypes and then take that to more of the full visual design treatment where maybe we're laying on um, existing branding or even making up a new brand, right? A lot of what um, we think is important is kind of giving a name or like a new identity to this instrument, right? You're kind of nuking and blowing up the old one. So you want to have a new brand, something that's exciting um, that employees are engaging with. And then we do a lot of testing with employees. We bring back um, people from the employee workshops to show them, okay, here's what we came up with for the new homepage design, or here's what we think search looks like. And really tell stories about, again, those jobs to be done, things that they're trying to do. Here's how we see this being easier in the future, right? So we're getting feedback even right away on that design before we've even started into a build path. So were you getting that feedback with them from employees while you were, you know, in the prototyping, you know, early stage prototyping process then? Yeah, the, the way I've kind of done it just from a project constraint level is to really, when we first do the prototypes, um, I think in my opinion, there's probably a smaller audience of people that can look at that and understand what it is and mm-hmm. right under. So we'll typically do that with like our smaller project team, um, get that feedback. And I think as we start layering on things like the branding and the colors, um, the interactiveness of the prototype, that's when we then invite more people to be involved, right? Because they it's like that full, beautiful rendering. They can now understand it um, best rather than it being kind of a sketch. So to me, the kind of the circles expand as your design gets more uh, advanced. Great. But I like the fact that you took more of an agile methodology and, and, and the idea of um, quick iteration to be able to get something to to see to a certain group, get feedback, get to a bigger group, get feedback. It seems like, and, and I'd be curious, taking that approach plus using the human-centered elements, under, you know, empathizing with the employee to understand what they really need to do or what they, what they need to use this tool in order to get done, seems like you're able to kind of uh, hit the mark a little bit closer um, than say if you did it in a more traditional kind of waterfall and without using that empathy piece. Could you maybe talk a little bit about, you know, based on going through the design and, and build aspect and, and the feedback that you're getting from the employees, you know, what could you compare that to maybe where you might have done it more in a traditional waterfall in the past? Yeah, I think um, especially with digital workplace, what's unique uh this isn't a system that's being built for a specific department or business unit that kind of already knows what they want it to be and can give you very cut and clear requirements about how it all should work, right? And there's, it's not a, it's not online bank. There's not a financial system with a lot of 
hard and fast rules that need to be in there necessarily. I mean, maybe when you get into some of like the more automation of workflows there are, um, but at the highest level, right? Like, let's just make this simple. They're looking a lot to us as the partner to kind of say, how, what have you seen done? right like how can we simplify this so we have to bring a lot of ideas very early on and i think prototyping getting this sketched out putting that in front of people and giving them something to react to is when you kind of um put a kind of get more feedback from them and they go oh yeah and this right and and kind of think about what what else would make this better how would you slightly tweak it so definitely being more agile and iterative showing them something earlier and saying look this is a draft we want your feedback we want to change this we want to get it right um, I think people just enjoy working that way, right? Rather than um, give us all the requirements, we're going to go away for a while, and then we're going to come back with this big design um, and hope we got it right. You know, I think it's all about giving people a chance to get feedback is when you're going to get it right. What were some of the biggest surprises you got, you know, you, you and or the, the broader, you know, or internal AMA uh, project team? Any, anything that, you know, as you were going along and you started prototyping that was completely different than what your expectations were coming in? Yeah, there probably wasn't anything in kind of our, our general templates, right? And kind of like our layouts. I mean, we, we moved things around and had a lot of lively conversations, right? About how should information architecture be? What are the best words here? Like we were working with corporate communicators, which I think is fantastic because they bring that perspective of we got to take this in as few words as possible, as clear, as direct, cut the jargon, make it easy, make it simple. Um, but I think where a lot of the actual um, things that surprised me came in were when we started working with some of the business units like IT and HR and they were working on their forms, they were very much like, let's shed as much of the um, you know cumbersome detail as possible, not only from how the form and what the words say and all the different fields you have to fill out, but even the workflow, right? So they were as much on board with, yep, this is our chance to simplify it, right? We're going to take this big mess and we're going to boil it down to what it needs to be. And this is the smallest it's ever going to be again, right? Because it's only going to kind of continue to grow and iterate from there. So what surprised me is their um, willingness to also simplify and say, you know what? It, we can't have a, a new front door to the building, but then you get back to all the other floors and offices and it's still the same old, same old. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great that, you know, and probably having some guiding principles up, uh, up front too. And, uh, and, and allowing them to do that is probably really, you know, going back to your kind of strategy and guiding principles up top. Mm -hmm. That's great. So Alex, um, to ensure kind of the sustainability of this and, and knowing that this was foundationally changing, you know, how employees were starting their day, uh, as you kind of mentioned, um, what, what did we do to, to help um, deliver that change and to sustain that change? Um, I know from a testing standpoint, you said you went back to the personas and thinking through uh, making sure that needs were being met. But from a change management perspective, how did we roll this out in a way that would help ensure that the adoption is not a flash in the pan, right? That people are excited, oh, new piece of technology, but it truly becomes part of their daily activity ongoing. Yeah, no, that's, I, I can probably ramble on too long on this. So, but I think some of the, the key things that we always need to see done, um, you touched on it, change management. So um, especially at um, some of our latest clients, they've done a great job in um, preparing communications, right? That are going out to the employees. And I'm not just talking about an all company email, but um, putting up posters, they have digital signage. Um, AMA even did a mean tweets, um, Jimmy Kimmel style video, where they took a lot of the feedback that they got in their original survey about people kind of dissing the old AMA and they had their leadership read it and put it into a one minute video and they 
sent it out there, right? So that's fabulous, right? Things like that, that kind of um, get the excitement up and kind of let you know, like, yeah, we understand that this wasn't the greatest, but look, we're changing that. This is going to be great in the future. Um, You got to do to kind of build that hype, right? So that's kind of all leading up to your launch. I would say once you get to your launch, um, the couple things that are going to make you successful ongoing, the one's probably less sexy, but it's governance, right? Um, This is a project to get it launched, but once it's live, doesn't mean it's done, right? This thing needs constant care. Um, and maintenance all the time, right? So we make sure that there's a lot of the right stakeholders involved. So we call them like the tenants of the digital workplace, right? Have to have people that are assigned and understand, you know, how to write content and how to update things, make sure they're trained um, and that there's a process, right, for kind of looking at stuff. But what I would say is a really big key piece that nobody should miss in all of this, right? When you talk about the user experience design, you're developing like the template and the framework of where things go, but ultimately that content and the words and the, thoughts and ideas that are going into that are so important. And as I've worked with more corporate communications groups, it's been more obvious to me that um, being able to truly simplify something, cut the jargon, um, put it into the um, understanding of what your employees might be. I mean, we're talking about, for example, as utility, right? They've got 15,000 employees. Um, They've got people that are working out in the field all day, right? And they've got people that are working in office. You've got union and management, all these different So simplifying that to them, like, how does somebody understand their benefits, right? It might even not be them reading their benefits. They might have their spouse logging in and looking at it, right? So um, I think that's such a key part. Um, and I could talk a lot about different areas of content, but I'll kind of stop there because I think content, change management, and governance are really those key things ongoing um, to make sure that you kind of have a healthy digital workplace. Well, it strikes me one, the other thing is, you know, ongoing customer or employee research, you know, constantly taking the pulse, getting feedback, you know, as it, as it evolves and, and using that feedback to, to drive, you know, constant change, almost like a voice, you know, the voice of the employee, uh, you know, focused in on this stuff. Yeah. After the launch, about three to six months after, which we advised them on was, okay, now's the time to kind of um, re-pull your audience, right? Go back, look at the baselines of what we found in Discovery, um, and let's make sure that we've moved the uh, needle on how much, you know, they're engaged or satisfied with. And if they're giving us feedback on things that we make sure we bring that into our backlog and follow up, right? Because, Um, people have had a lot of great ideas or just connected the dots to other people and content that should be there. So um, you definitely got to be open and have like a, just like with customer experience, you've got to have a bi-directional conversation with your, with your uh, employees. So what were the results? You said they, you said they, uh, they came back and asked what were the, uh, the outcomes? Yeah. So at um, AMA here, I'm looking actually, they, they um, increased their satisfaction um, by about 54%, which is huge for them as well as their um, adoption. So tactical things that they would do to make it more successful, right? Just making it the default homepage. So when somebody opens a browser, they're kind of automatically taken to it. And then uh, maybe some of that content on there kind of, you know, trigger something in their mind. Oh, I got to check that out. I want to read that. I'm going to follow up on this thing. So they did a lot of this serving later and then also found out um, that some other examples were, okay, we've got all of these operations groups that have typically been using, you know, this other SharePoint farm um, to do this. But a lot of that content actually needs to be uh, more exposed to other groups, right? So helping just kind of facilitate those connections on content, those all came out even post-survey when we're doing more um, conversations. Fabulous. And then obviously the uh, external award from the Nielsen Norman is, uh, is always nice too. But, you know, at the end of the day, those, those, uh, those mean nothing, you know, it's really that 50 point bump in, uh, in, in happier and, and more engaged employees that, uh, um, you know, speaks volumes. Yeah. All right. Excellent. Well, Alex, really appreciate you taking the time to join us and 
sharing, I think, a, a really tangible example of how organizations are uh, attempting to improve the overall employee experience and using some of our CX tools uh, on their internal customers to, frankly, make, make people's lives better. So appreciate you uh, spending the time with us to, to walk us through. Yeah. Thanks for having me on, guys. Love the podcast and keep it up. Thanks, Alex. Appreciate it. Uh, and as always, thank you to our listeners who are uh, uh, listening in on the conversation. Looking forward to you joining us next time. So thank you. Thank you.